Welcome to the Oddsbreakers, your number one place for shared, sharp betting information. Welcome back to Podcast 5 of 2021. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev, follow us at The Oddsbreakers, and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by jazzsports.a. G for a 100% sign up bonus. Please visit Jazz Sports and use the promo code Oddsbreakers. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with our cost, sponsor the website and the podcast, we'd love to help you out. Please visit theoddsbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. For $24.99 a month, you can get my premium plays before the line moves. And if nothing else, please visit theoddsbreakers.com to become a free picks newsletter subscriber. My friends, what a weekend of football we had. Packers took care of business easily. Uh, We were on the Rams that game. Thought they would cover the seven. Didn't happen. But the Packers look very, very good. And I'm very excited to talk about that game today. Buffalo took care of business. Made the Ravens look human (laughs) probably less than human actually they didn't score many points did they Uh, buffalo stopped the run stacked the box made lamar throw the ball and the rest was history as far as sunday's games as you know the mahomes injury was absolutely insane cleveland was in that game the officials missed a horrible targeting call I don't know if I'm going to say horrible because that happens a lot, (laughs) but uh, if you're not going to call it there, when the hell else are you going to call it? Because it stopped Cleveland, made him fumble through the end zone, (laughs) and Cleveland lost the ball in that spot. It was absolutely despicable that, first of all, a fumble can be advanced by the offense. Why would you reward somebody to advance a fumble, right? Let's just say your other team member picks it up and gets six more yards or even runs for a touchdown. You're you're rewarding them for their incompetence of dropping the fumble. Number two, you're punishing them way too hard for it to go through the end zone. You know, if you if you fumble at the three and it goes out at the one, you get two yards. If it goes out the end zone, you lose the whole possession and all the work you did to get down there. It absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so um, if you're gonna call targeting on any plays, just be consistent. And the helmet to helmet was hard enough to jog uh, Higgins' brain a little bit to drop that ball or whatever it was. You know, it was it, it was pretty significant, and not calling it there was just an, another atrocity for the NFL. But at the same time, um, Mahomes looks like he might come back this weekend. I do think he is, and uh, a big matchup obviously against the Bills coming up. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. I'll discuss that game a little bit as well. Uh, That game was, well, (laughs) difficult because uh, four turnovers to zero, right? I I thought the Saints were the better team. The Jared Cook turnover completely changed that game, completely. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, right? Breeze kind of chokes in big spots. He's been doing that. I'm really glad that Breeze did win a Super Bowl because I'm a fan of Drew Breeze, but he just kind of tends to mess up in those big playoff spots and others. You know, I I, I guess he's going to retire, which sucks, but at the same time, you know, Drew Breeze was a huge, huge person to the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans. You know, a huge role model is what I'm trying to say. So we'll see if he retires. I think he will. But now you have Tom Brady back in the conference championship game. I'm not going to say EFC championship because that's where he's been for for 13 times. And now this is his 14th conference game. How insane is that conference title game? But he's playing the Packers and he's got a big one ahead. But we're going to get into that with a new guest today, and I am a fan of this man. 
I've listened to their podcast, The Deep Dive, many times. Mr. Andy Molitor is coming on to break down these playoff games. I'm very, very excited to get Andy on. He really does do deep dives when he gets into NFL football. Before Andy comes on, just want to announce that we're probably going to bring back the better odds sports betting with Kyle Hunter, not this weekend, but next weekend, you know, the bye week before the Super Bowl, so we can take a a dive ourselves into some basketball for the weekend because there's not a lot of sports going on. People are going to be jonesing for some action, and uh, hopefully we can find some winners. Kyle and I have found a lot of nice dogs to bet on that have cashed and made a lot of people money throughout the football season, so we're hoping to continue that in basketball. Thank you for your sympathy, talking square of linoleum. Without further ado... Let's bring on our guest from the deep dive, Mr. Andy Molitor. Now, I'm very pleased to welcome a man that I've listened to for a very long time. You've known him as the co-host of the Deep Dive podcast, Mr. Andy Molitor from BetSperts.com and the Deep Dive podcast. You can follow Andy at AndyMSFW. Andy, how's your 2021 been treating you so far? pretty good i think you know just it's been a fun fun nfl playoffs we had a, a couple good college games to start the year mm-hmm. college basketball is fully rolling i've been worried you know I, I, this is the same thing i've been saying in any podcast i've ever done since like last summer so you know i've been worried that this season or that season might get canceled or truncated or god knows what and college basketball is still rolling i mean here we are in <laughs> middle of january it's it's you know there's still some cancellations there's some teams sitting out but it is still going nba actually i'm more worried about the nba right now than anything but <laughs> i know once they gather bubble once they gather bubble it's like all of a sudden everybody's getting it you know, it was kind of crazy. As I was, uh, I get what you're saying. Is I feel like NBA, it's affecting the NBA more or something. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many colleges out there, 357 of them, and uh, you know, they're they're going to have some games. But you know, the whole, most important thing everyone gets out of this thing healthy. That's that's what we're going for, and hopefully, uh, this thing will end by summer. Of course, I said that last spring, and uh, look what the hell happened. So. <laughs> We'll see. see. Hopefully it doesn't mutate into some crazy monster disease that uh, it's going to shut down the world again. So that would suck. Anyways, man, look at this. We have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes in the conference championship games. What what a shock, right? Those three quarterbacks, huge surprise. (laughs) And not only that, but I mean, the... Good coaches, good quarterbacks. It's kind of it's kind of becoming easier to figure out what really, really matters when you're doing team construction in the NFL. Obviously, still a team sport, but it's it, it's hard. It's so hard to get you know get this far into the playoffs without a good quarterback. And you know maybe jury's out on Lafleur still because he hasn't been around long enough. But some pretty decent head coaches as well. So surprise, surprise, the the teams that aren't able to hire well and can't get a quarterback to play well are sitting at home or golfing right now yeah for sure Lafleur, though I I will tell you he's got his background when he was behind Kyle Shanahan for a while as quarterback coach and behind McVeigh, of course that 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 in itself man that guy I think he was a home run hire so maybe in the future we'll be talking more about how he um, is one of the greater coaches obviously like you said too early to tell but the way this guy's been scheming for these games has just been absolutely fantastic you know so i'm impressed oh for sure i'm, I'm definitely impressed by the floor um hall yeah three hall of fame quarterbacks here and a uh, one questionable i mean the way that he's playing josh allen's playing this year is uh pretty dang good and uh i i'm shocked i was down on him when he was drafted from wyoming and he he, he proved me wrong yeah I, I was completely wrong on him and the kids just got heart. You know, I, I hear stories about how he uh, tried to get into colleges. He sp- sent like a thousand letters. I, I'm sure a lot of them to the same college, but only one would take them. One or two of them in Wyoming was one of them. And the kids just been on an uphill battle and deserves every single bit of respect that he has earned this year. So real happy for that guy. But uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to the Deep Dive podcast, can you give our listeners 
a brief description of it and how it benefits your listeners? Well, I guess it's it's different different times of year because it's it's like we have two seasons. We have football season, and then we have let's just talk about whatever else we want to for the rest of the year. So, twice a week podcast. Uh, we've been doing more live streams now. A lot of the podcast, in fact, almost every podcast now is just live streamed on YouTube as well. We started to do a little of that, and then people said, well, "Why don't you do all of them?" I like watching it on YouTube, whether it's live or later. So we have been doing that, but uh, twice a week. Uh, usually on Sunday nights, we're breaking down a, kind of a quick recap of all the action we saw and then going into the early lines for the next week. Those have been pushed off to Mondays now because of just how late the Sunday games were and the fact that they're standalones and you're not getting 14, 15 games out of the way already before Sunday night openers. But then our big Wednesday, that is truly the deep dive into the week. I was just talking to you off air about how long our last week Wednesday's pod got. It was like an hour and 45 minutes, and we only really talked about four games. We tried to you know, get deep into the handicap on some of these and really look at all the angles. And, and you know, this time of year, we're bringing on some guests. You know, We had uh, Eric Eager from PFF last week. We have a, a pretty decent guest lined up this week as well, tomorrow on Wednesday, to talk about. Uh, only it will, It'll see. We'll see how long this one goes because it is only <laughs> two games. But hopefully we can get deep into that. Uh, there's plenty to talk about, obviously, especially in the AFC game. And uh, maybe even a little of the look ahead and into some of the props. And, you know, there's there's been just great offerings on props throughout the whole playoffs, whether it's, you know, game-by-game game stuff or, you know, which receiver will have the most yardage out of every every receiver for the weekend. I've had a lot of fun with those markets, too. So, uh, you know, deep dive twice a week, NFL season. And then once we get in the offseason, we'll do evergreen topics. And we've done podcasts on closing line value. There's just – we did one completely on, you know, the, the – affiliate industry the tout industry just people people stuff people are interested in talking about and hearing you know our opinions or getting deeper into it and looking into all sides of it and as well as some interviews we had some pretty good interviews last year and hopefully we can continue that into this season uh, as we're just kind of doing it by the seat of our pants in the off season that that is maybe i love the nfl but man the, the off season is a lot of fun because we just we can do whatever we want <laughs> just, uh, hey, let's talk to this person because that'll be interesting or let's do this topic. Uh, hey, it's the Masters. Do we want to do a golf one this week? Because we can and we'll bring on somebody to talk golf. So I do enjoy the off season. We're only a couple weeks away from that. Oh, we are getting too close to it. Absolutely. So so, so golf, it sounds like you bet a little bit. What, what other sports do you like to handicap? Yeah, golf is something I picked up a couple of years ago. Normally I was just betting the majors because – you know, everybody wanted to have some action. It's the Masters. You're going to sit down and watch the Masters. You're going to watch the U.S. Open. But, uh, you know, I found a few different data sites, was able to scrape some data, and I did some golf betting. I've continued that. I've I've been taking it easy because I had such a tough uh, entry into the market last January. I've been easing my way in, so I'll probably get more involved, you know, as we mentioned once the NFL season's over here in three weeks, uh, I'll probably get a lot deeper into golf. I bet a lot of college basketball. That's a daily thing for me as the season goes. Uh, mostly mid-major and lower stuff. I get into some of the smaller markets on that. But that's something I've been doing for a few years now. I, I tend to stay away from uh, – I don't want to say I stay away from other markets. You know, I'll listen to smarter people than myself. I'll bet NBA even though I don't really handicap it. I'll bet – baseball hockey you know if somebody can talk me into something but for the most part i just hate uh hate half-assing it mm-hmm. whereas like if, if i can't sit down and actually put together good numbers for a sport i hate to just take guesses and throw darts so a lot of those sports i will just stay away from so yeah football for the most part but uh golf tennis and college basketball i think are my big ones outside of you know, standalone events. I'll, I always love markets like that. The Olympics, the hot dog contest, <laughs> uh, the draft. The, you know, they, they're not having people at the combine, but man, you can bet on the combine, the draft, things like that. You can usually find some soft edges in. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with 100% with you, you know, especially if you're going to talk about it. You, you put your heart and soul into it. Um, you got to go 100%. Otherwise, it's not good enough because uh, the market's going to beat you. You know, no matter what, you have to uh, be sharper than the market and you have to put more time into it, you know, and you have to find those little edges in every single thing you do. And if you can't go 100 percent, 
then don't bother. And that's why I talk about people specializing in conferences or mid-majors and things like what you said is going to give you a much better advantage because um, if you're going to try to do it all, there's a good chance that uh, the market's going to beat you in all of them unless you focus. Let's move on to a little breakdown of what played out last weekend, my man. Um, what are your thoughts on how the Rams and the Packers played out? You know, that game wasn't that close, was it? No, and I, th I think a lot of, uh, you know, the injury speculation that we had in that, I don't know if I'm reading the wrong stuff or just everybody was dead wrong on that because the way those injuries trended for Los Angeles, it just didn't feel like anybody had a had a grip on it once we actually got to game time or, you know, the, the Cooper Cup stuff was, oh, it's just a knee injury or a knee bruise. Like he just banged his knee up. He's fine. Then he doesn't play. And then immediately everyone's just like, Aaron Donald's fine. He's tough. He's a gamer. He said he's playing right away. He'll be okay. He was a you know a non-factor. He didn't look. He didn't look himself. He didn't look like he was ready to go. And then the you know everyone harped about the you know we just talked about it, the most important position. Jared Goff. Oh, it's it's only been this long since he's had surgery. We don't know what that thumb's going to look like. You know, even though they got the they got their pants kicked, it was he was good. Like he he was fine as far as a, a thumb injury goes. It didn't look like it was affecting those throws. So I, I did have a Packers teaser leg, a couple of them in that one. I'm glad they got it done. But I guess I was a little spooked when Goff looked as good as he did. I was like, oh, man, he's he doesn't look like a guy's carrying a thumb injury at all. He's gripping the ball just fine. It wasn't as cold as we thought it was going to be. So some of that, the cold angle everybody had har been harping on as well wasn't really fleshing itself out. So I thought Green Bay played well. That's what they've done, especially the past, you know, second half of the season here when uh, Rodgers overtook everyone else for the MVP award has looked great. They did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, you can talk about it being the best defense in the league. I think a high-end offense can always out-scheme a really good defense just with today's rule changes and how much, you know, how much the league is centered around offense anyway. And, you know, as we talked about LaFleur, he might be a good coach. This was a team that overperformed last year. They, you know, if you do the Pythagorean expectation on their wins last year, they overperformed. They shouldn't have won as many games as they did. And they exited the playoffs to the 49ers. So people were kind of expecting maybe a step back. Maybe LaFleur isn't good. And they come out, and play just as well, win the division, get the one seed, have the bye, and they looked good. So it, it might be a case where he's good. It's hard. You know, he said it's early in the career. And sometimes it is hard to judge a coach when they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. But at the same time, you know, we've seen plenty of Hall of Fame quarterbacks get careers wasted by bad coaching. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, Seattle exiting early. It's not like they didn't get their Super Bowl, but every year I see what Seattle puts out there with Russell Wilson. I think he could have more titles. So I might be I might be there with you on the LaFleur train. Well, there you go. I guess we'll see. And I think that was the biggest Pythagorean difference was the Packers last year. You know, they I think they normalized it to barely over 500 with – the amount of points scored, point, points against, um, yeah, it was uh, really crazy. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people bet the Packers under because of it and got smashed. But it's oh, yeah. it's because of Lafleur, and I I agree, man. I, th I think it, just when I saw Devontae Adams, um, you know, run, went into motion, kind of took uh, Ramsey with him, right? And then Ramsey's got you know got up to the line. Well, the linebackers are in the way, the defensive line in the way. Then he darts back the other way. I think it was that first touchdown, first or second, just darts back full speed. And Ramsey's trying to run around the whole linebackers in the back just to get to him. He's yelling at his team, get out, get out. Uh, they never shifted out. And easy touchdown for Adams, man. So yeah, he was he was very upset there. And yeah, again, kudos to the the coaching staff, the entire coaching staff and what they schemed there because you know, even if Donald was less than 100%, I thought they did a good job containing him, running away from him, scheming away from him and then also managing just how good Ramsey is. So I think a lot of it is you can out-scheme a really good defense if you're smart enough and you have the pieces. Yep, exactly, 100%. What are your thoughts on how the Buccaneers and Saints played out? That game was kind of ugly, wasn't it? And, and it 
you know, it was tied in the second half, but it just felt like the Saints really pissed away an opportunity because that's another one too. And I, you know, I look at some of the other box scores. That was one where, I mean, it's stark, like the turnover battle. And yeah, it was Breeze had some pressure in his face in the first one. It was a bad, it was a bad idea to throw that ball. It was a bad pick, and another one wasn't his fault. Uh, the very the last one was, you know, it bounced off a receiver who was in tight coverage. But at the same time, if you're going to lose the the turnover battle that badly, it's awful hard to win against a team. Uh, I came away impressed with Tampa, but not super, you know, impressed. They they scored. But it was always on short fields, and it, it kind of comes down to you know the whole chicken and egg thing. Uh, going back to Green Bay, people are down on Green Bay because they didn't play anybody. Like their 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 uh, schedule is easy. They didn't play very many tough defenses. It's like, well, you know, good teams beat bad teams. Good teams beat the tar out of bad teams. You, you can only play who's in front of you. And 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 as far as Tampa goes too, you know, how are you gonna you know posit that as a negative that they had these short fields? Good teams take short fields and they punch them in for touchdowns and beat other good teams. So that's what they did. I thought Brady looked good. He looked comfortable. They, the the MRI on Antonio Brown came back pretty with. Uh, I always say this weird. It came back positive. Positive news, not positive MRI. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, po- like, co- like COVID positive, positive MRI. We're so used to saying it. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta phrase your sentences right when you're talking about things like that. But uh, the the results were positive for the team. It looks like it's uh, not a serious injury. He's day to day. So th- I mean, just a plethora of good receivers there, and Brady looking good. It'll be a lot of fun watching him back. You know, back in a cold weather game, there's a chance of snow in Green Bay. This is I'm I'm very excited for both these matchups uh, this Sunday. I think we got the best of it. And, you know, as, as far as the Saints, like, I thought they were the better team. You're not going to win a game where you turn the ball over that often. But at the same time, I guess I, I would have rather seen this matchup. I talked about that with Drew. We both kind of agreed right away, like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see the Bucks, but they might not win just because they are getting pieced up a little on defense at times. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for this matchup, and it's funny because – we talked about how much, how many bets we made in the playoffs last year and how few we are this year. The numbers are just tight again. It's just, it's not like last year where we're seeing angles instantly. The numbers are very tight. They're close to my power numbers. And a lot of it's going to come down to maybe finding some unique angles if you want to make some bets this weekend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I wrote down the Saints were the better team, in my opinion, here and uh, write my notes. And, uh, you know, the 4-0 to turnover ratio killed them. That first turnover, I thought, was a little bit of P.I. that wasn't called. You know, he kind of held on yeah. to he held on to Evans, which made him able to turn around. Otherwise, that ball would have never been intercepted if he wasn't holding him. And, you know, just misses like that. But then you, you can't come back and then throw two more picks, you know. And obviously, the Cook one wasn't Breeze's fault. And Cook... Uh. No, that was but that was backbreaking. Just the the timing of it, where where the game was, that was a, you know, you never know how a game's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. Just you can't all put it on one play, but it did feel like the crux of the game, like it just shifted, and yeah, uh, it might be over from here. Yeah, and and Breeze, the big spots, he just tends to choke a little bit on those big spots. I'm really glad I like Breeze. He's great for the the city of New Orleans and. A great role model, but uh, you know, just uh, it happened last year too. And uh, but I'm really glad he got his one Super Bowl win at least, you know. So, uh, good for him for that. But you're right, who doesn't want to see Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers here? You know, me as a Bears fan, I I have a lot of friends that are Packer fans. I went to school in Madison, so I know, know a lot about that, and uh, uh, they think that. Brady's not the goat and they think Rodgers is better and that's just going to make it more exciting for me to watch this game because uh um well you know we'll break down this game and uh I I I might be agreeing a little bit with some of my friends but we'll we'll take a look at this one here um let's get right into it then Tampa Bay is about a four-point dog uh, and it's moving around a little bit. Uh, I don't know what your numbers show. Uh, 51, 50 and a half-ish is that total here. I'm going to let you go first uh, on your thoughts on this. 
Yeah, and this was one where my number makes it closer to three. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and in that case, it would say, well, you would want to bet Tampa, Andy, right? I, I really don't think I can. Uh, while, at this, you know, all the things I've said, all the nice things everyone said about this receiving core and what they do and how good Tom Brady looked, if they're going to roll out a game plan where they're featuring a lot of Leonard Fournette again, it might it might be semi-effective against this Green Bay defense, but and we've seen that time and time again. Green Bay has had a little trouble stopping the run, but if that's if that's what you want to do, those are just those feel like wasted plays when you when you could be throwing the ball. It'd be interesting to go back and look at some of the you know what the the expected points added are for some of the runs, especially after this game once we actually have the results. But uh, I don't know that you're going to have the same opportunities as you had against the Saints. I just don't think that Rodgers at home is going to throw three picks. I don't think you're going to win the turnover battle for nothing. I think they're going to have to work a little harder on offense against, you know, a, a worse defense. Like this, I, I think the Saints defense is better than the Packers, but at the same time, the offense is probably going to have to work a little harder to get those points. You're not just going to be gifted these short fields. So I'm, I'm probably staying away from this. I'm going to look at some, some angles and some props on this one, especially there, there's probably something to be looked at with some of the matchups. You know, as much as it was ad nauseum and I was sick of hearing about you know, Devonte Adams versus Jalen Rams. It was, it was. Ev- everybody brought that up, but yeah. there is something to be looked at as far as targets and how these defenses will match up with the offenses. When you have so many receivers that are going to have, you know, over under props on receiving on yardage, uh, anytime touchdown scores. I think that's probably how I'm going to because it, you know as as much as I preach responsible gambling. If it's an NFC, if, you know, if it's a title game and I don't have an angle on the side or total, I'm going to bet some props. Like I, I need to, I need to have something small to cheer for. If it's not, you know, some DFS or something, so I'm probably going to dig in on that because you will have, I think, probably some actionable angles, especially on the Tampa Bay receiving side. So, I, I think the numbers fairly sharp. I'd lean a little towards Tampa. Um, I wonder how this total is going to move based on some of the. You know, the weather concerns and what we're seeing. Um, I know some people have hit this over once it popped down a little. So I'm, I would be excited to see points. If, if I'm just betting, if I'm just watching this game, I'm hoping it's an over game. I want to see some fireworks from these two, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. For sure. And, you know, I guess weather shows chance of snow, which could happen pretty much any day in Green Bay. <laughs> and uh, and cold. Oh, yeah. Not too windy, but the over the under's been hit. It's been going down, um, but and that's kind of what I like because I'm leaning over too. The uh, and these two teams played each other. This was the Bucks' only win against a 500 or better team, which is kind of surprising until last weekend. So I, I think your points are valid that the Saints were the better team, and uh, we just lost the bet, or I did. I was on the Saints minus three, minus two, and I hit it again at minus two and a half. So I, that was a loser for me last week. Barely, barely held on to the under though. Really. Really, uh, really oh yeah that was that was right tight to the number wasn't it and then you know that the one last thing on this on the bucks it's their this will be their third straight road game yeah three straight road games in the playoffs so wow. i've had to travel to washington new orleans and now up to green bay and uh and and then there will be fans you know you you have some fans so kind of like uh, i thought like- that was i thought that was you know something important in the buffalo Kansas or Buffalo uh, Baltimore game. It's amazing how a a small contingent of fans can sound pretty damn loud. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Maybe they could. especially maybe we're just not used to it. Maybe, and it's it seems to echo through it. And I was like, are they pumping in crowd noise? What's going on there? You know. So good point there. But the fans make a difference, and that's why I'm bringing the I bring I brought the home field for Green Bay to three. I brought it back to three, and I think they have the best home field in football. You can ask any Detroit Lions fan that question, and I think they would say that. But uh, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's he's doing great. Lafleur, he's one of the perfect schemers in the first half, at least from what I've seen. I, I'm looking at this matchup, and there's just so much stuff to break down here because. For something that Tampa did, and I watched that game when they did beat Green Bay, there's something 
that they matched up really well. And, and maybe it's just the plethora of targets, you know, the plethora. You know, Cameron Brait's doing great, you know. He had yeah. uh, he, four. He, I wish I did, but I lost a prop on Gronk for number of catches. He was targeted five times, but couldn't get one catch. And Brait was targeted five times and got four, you know. But then you got guys like Tyler Johnson making amazing catches. You got guys like Scotty Miller making amazing catches. And that's where I'm a little bit nervous for Green Bay. They have a couple good corners there. But, I mean, how much can they cover there? And then it all kind of makes me wonder, is there going to be a good enough pass rush from Green Bay here? Well, straight numbers, you know, DVOA has Tampa number two, which I disagree with. I don't think Tampa Bay is the second best team. I think that's one. I do love DVOA. Don't get me wrong. But I think their schedule is not as hard as people say. I mean, for Christ's sake, the Bears beat Atlanta and uh, and the Carolina Panthers too. I mean, uh, their division's not that hard, in, in my opinion. And um, and Brady in the playoffs is just a complete different animal. You know, he, he he's clutch. I mean, look what he does. You know, I mean, it, I have a couple of ways I look at games. Power rings is one of them. My power rings actually have Green Bay about a five point seven five point favorite because I'm giving them the full three based upon what I saw, the crowd, um, you know, everything that goes with home field, the fishing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, uh, my my algorithm has it less. It has it minus two and a half. Um, and that's just taking efficiencies and using yards and putting it all together, you know. And so their weakness, Green Bay, we all know it's against the run. They allow 4.6 yards per rush. Uh, but Tampa Bay only ranks 23rd in the league at rushing the ball at 4.1 yards per rush. 27th at 99 per game so it's not like they've been doing that but i did see more of it last week and i will say that with fournette like you said andy they did better last game didn't they yeah and you know you had me thinking about the first matchup i thought a big part of that was the way they disrupted rogers like they brought pressure they i think they were down 10 nothing in that game and then just blew the doors off them from there and it was you know the pick six turned it around but a lot of the success they had on defense was pressuring rogers you know as much as we're geez just really kissing the floor's ass today but he's not a dumb person <laughs> you know he right. he has that tape i'm sure i'm sure they've done something to address that and i think if you're able to keep rogers from getting pressure whether it's you know bringing in more one back sets to chip or bringing an extra tight end here just identifying their blitz packages better and checking to different plays it's it's a very good offense so that that's kind of the matchup i'm looking for and i mean you're, you're right about first half scripted plays first half schemes i've heard some people talk about maybe green bay first quarter first half i don't disagree with those angles at all right and actually that's one of them i'm going to get into as well here um, Tampa's strength is obviously against the run. Um, Kamara, he did have 85 yards rushing though last week, 4.7 per attempt, but that's just the Saints, I guess you can say. Uh, Green Bay runs the ball very well too, 4.8 yards per rush. But um, one thing I note I just noticed was Vita Vea is coming back. Well, I don't know if he's coming back to play, but he's eligible to return from injury this week. That's really interesting because I was really concerned for Tampa when he went out a long time ago. It might have been that Bears game he went out. But uh, he's a run clogger, too, and that's just going to add to the depth of that defensive line when they're getting tired against uh, all the stuff LaFleur is going to throw at them, right? Tampa Bay's weakness is their pass D. 246 yards per game, while Green Bay can certainly throw the ball. I mean, Rodgers ranking uh I think 10th in yards per game at 259, second in yards per pass attempt at 7.8. That's what I look at too because Green Bay's running the clock in the fourth quarter. So who cares what what his passing yards are is 10th, which is not bad, but when you're looking at yards per play, yards per attempt at 7.8, that's more important to me when I'm looking at a playoff game. And I think that Green Bay is definitely going to be having some passing yards, unlike what Breeze can do. Apparently, we found out through some tweets today from Ian Rappaport that Michael Thomas is a hell of a lot more injured than we thought he was. Yeah, that was rough. We see those every year, though, after the playoffs, where it's like this guy was just kind of hiding some injuries, playing through it, whether it was Jamal Adams and now Michael Thomas. And yeah, I don't know whether to congratulate him or call him dumb for, you know, 
putting the rest of their career in jeopardy. But I think he did a lot of that because of it being Drew's last year. That too. Yeah, that. And uh, wanted to try to distract, obviously, the defense as much as possible. But, you know, I mean, like you said earlier, the Cook fumble really changed the whole game. You know, that's what a day that he was running and uh, the momentum shifted. And that's when I really was concerned for my <laughs> for my side on that. Yeah, one. Yeah. And that's and that's how that went down. Um, Green Bay ranks. Uh, it, this is interesting, too, because the pass rush is what I was talking about, about getting to Brady. Green Bay only ranks 26th in quarterback pressure rate this year. They were better last year. Twenty point nine percent. Tampa Bay gets to the quarterback a lot better, and they rank a nice third in pressure rate, fourth in sacks. Right, so that's an that's that's what I'm concerned about for the Packers. Um, if they don't get to Brady, Brady might be able to throw the ball a little bit to all those just tons of targets out there. You know, if Godwin can catch a freaking pass this week, maybe <laughs> maybe that's going to help him too because he had his share of drops last week. Um, Whew, you know, I think that Green. I, I took Green Bay at home at minus three and a half, and I thought it, I was kind of thinking this has to go up, and it didn't go up much. You know, I took it just for a value play, and and, and kind of decide later. But I, I'm I'm okay with this side, and uh, and it's just because I think Green Bay is going to have a lot more upside at home, and and you know that uh, Tampa's defense is not going to be um, nearly as buttoned up. Uh, in Green Bay, and uh, Drew Brees. Hey, let's face it; his arms kind of went a little soft. It, you know, it's yeah. not as good as it was. You know, and and Rodgers is still chucking the ball. But I do like Green Bay first half, and I, I like a minus two and a half. Um, I, I think a lot of books have it juiced at three. You get a plus one hundred five or something if you take the minus three. But I like the minus. I, I'm going to wait till minus two and a half and uh, and hopefully find that. I would pay up to minus one fifteen for it too. So um, I, I think that's just almost automatic because of the way Lafleur coaches this team and the surprises that they give. You also have to remember. I, I, I'm not that huge on revenge spots, but these Packers got their ass kicked against Tampa. They're going to probably come out firing this game, you know, but what you said about props is what I'm looking at. So I want to run a couple by you. Um, one prop play I thought of was Leonard Fournette over his receiving yards. Now, the funny thing about Fournette is a lot of people don't look at him as a pass catching running back, but he caught a ton of passes his last year in Jacksonville. He was one of the top running back receivers out there but and that's why i'm thinking maybe i'll get some value with that what are your thoughts on the on his either catches prop or his uh rush uh receiving yards prop there yeah i should say i'm awful at those i i should stay away from that sort of stuff i'm, I'm super good at uh messing those up and eventually i did a lot of that with kamara early in the season and i played like his receiving over when he had, you know, when he rushed for like 130 and just wasn't getting any catches. So I'm, I need to talk to somebody about that, I guess, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't hate it. I just feel like whenever I'm on those, I'm wrong. So I've, I've started deferring to just rushing plus receiving, but the receptions prop might be nice. If you're going to take away, you know, if there's a list of people you're going to try to take away in the receiving game, if I'm Green Bay's defense, he's, he's lower on that list. In fact, he's probably near the bottom of that list. There's a lot of other guys I'd I'd prefer not to beat me over the top or to be giving constant stuff to the sideline to AB if he's 100% healthy. So, yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, you know, in in, in Green Bay, they're pretty good at, against receivers and stuff like that. I just think he's going to get a little open in the flat there. So that that's, that's something I was looking at. Um, my other one um, is Robert Tanyan. I think he, to score a TD, you might get some good value with it because he has 11 TDs this year, which is tied for second for the Packers with Aaron Jones. You know, so I'm, I'm going to be looking a little bit at Tanyan because uh, Rodgers connects with him very good this year, and I'm considering him over his yardage. So uh, I don't like Tampa's linebackers in coverage either, Andy. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, they played well against the run. We definitely saw the linebackers moving around, coming up, stopping some. Hey, you said what Kamara had for yardage. I don't know how you can completely contain him, but a couple. I think their linebackers probably overperformed. Uh, you know, people are talking about Pro Bowl snubs. I don't know about all that, but yeah, I like that. Just with uh, the comfortability, the the rapport he's built with Tanyan over the year. I guess he's he's liked tight ends in the past. He's you know, I think he's found his guy again, and that might not be a bad look at like any time touchdown score too with a, you know, a, a game lined at about six or seven touchdowns here. Oh yeah, for sure. So those are the two I was thinking. I don't know if you had any off the top of your head, but um, I'm looking at those for now. Yeah, I haven't dug too deep into props yet. I think that's kind of where I'm going to end up at the end of the week here when when I don't come up with much for sides. All right, my man. Well, it sounds like you're pretty close to the number on the full game here. You don't disagree with the first half. So that's what I'll give out to our listeners. I'm going to do the first half for sure. The full game at minus three and a half is gone. It's not like minus four and four is that much of a difference. But I think there's more upside with the pack. I think I can see the Packers winning by margin more than I can see Tampa winning this game. Okay. So, so when I look at it like that, I just think that you're going to have more of a, a upside with Green Bay. I, I I was I was pretty surprised it wasn't higher, and I think there's just a lot of people on Brady, but um, the Packers are definitely going to take this matchup seriously. Let's move into the next game then. Buffalo versus Kansas City. Kansas City is laying three points. The total on this thing is about 53 and a half, 54, and this thing's creeping closer to two and a half, Andy. What are your thoughts on yeah. this? Yeah, I guess I was always worried that this market might, you know, you might see some insider knowledge on this and somebody knows something or is willing to stake enough money to, on a guess or a hunch, or they think they have the insider knowledge. So obviously there's one really important piece that's going to come into play in the quarterback position. Uh, every day you read more news on this, whether it was today you're hearing that you don't have to have a concussion to enter concussion protocol, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. But I guess concussion-like symptoms without actually, you know, can saying he has a concussion can be something. So he's in protocol. He's the only piece that's going to move this line at this point. If he's, you know, if they say he's not playing, this is going to flip hard. I'm going to be feeling really bad. I have a very cheap three. I played the three for Kansas City because I feel like the market is already tilted, saying he will play by the fact that they're going to hang this three. So I'm I'm fine with it just because I do make this closer to four. I have the total higher too, but I don't want to get extra exposure because it's the same thing. This total will go up if he's in. It'll go out. It'll go down if he's out. So uh, essentially, if I, if I bet this over, I'm just giving myself more exposure on the exact same piece of, you know, the, you know, the fulcrum of everything is going to be Patrick Mahomes. And if he's in or out, essentially, I could win or lose a whole bunch of closing line value on both the side and total. So while I do lean towards this over, I probably will be staying away from that because I have essentially the exact same exposure. The correlated parlay. Come on, man. 2.6. Yeah, I know. I should just bet them both together. <laughs> well, I think if you do like the uh, Chiefs, you'd probably like the over. <laughs> you know, uh, if you like the Bills, maybe it's a little closer, but I still could see the over hitting in this thing. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with your line grab because I think that Mahomes will play this game. I, I, I don't, I think it would take somebody, and, and I'm not saying this is a smart decision. But I think in this big of a game, someone would have to be half brain dead come Sunday to not play from a concussion or being in concussion protocol. And now they're saying it was a pinched nerve, which yeah. you wonder, well, hmm, pinched nerve sounds a lot better if the NFL is going to ease off restrictions. So there's your conspiracy theories already. Yeah, that's not the, you know, there's no CTE. You're not hearing about players. Oh, I, I had so many pinched nerves that I had CTE when I'm 60. It's, right. you know, I, I get I get what you're saying, and I, I kind of, I definitely have to agree with you there if they're going to be, you know, lenient behind the scenes and, you know, they, they can preach safety all they want. They want Patrick, the, the league, the fans. I mean, every single person in the world who is not, 
either playing for, cheering for, or betting on the Bills wants him to play, including the league offices. He's great for the product. So I would I would think they're lenient, and hopefully he does play. Yeah, yeah. The other side of this coin is Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire. So he, I, I'm saying this because of their last game that they played. And I know they are stacked at running backs, Williams, Le'Veon Bell, which doesn't look like Le'Veon Bell, but okay. Um, Edwards Alaire had over 160 rushing yards that first matchup. And that's another reason why I wonder if the under went down from 55 and a half down to the 53, 54, whatever you see it at. But it was only 26, Kansas City 26 to 17 in Buffalo this game was. Now, this was after Buffalo did get torched um, against the Titans. And I think they they were probably down some defense that game, too. I, I, I'm trying to remember the exact details. I can't. But, um, I mean, the Chiefs covered it pretty easily. Edwards, Allaire ran, ran the ball the second half, got a ton of yards, um, my question is, is Edwards Alaire going to be good enough to run? Because Damian Williams is different. He's going to step in and you wonder if that changes anything. I, I don't know, but, uh, or Darren Williams, right? So, I mean, like you said, the, the speculation with Mahomes, I think Mahomes plays. I think that you're going to get some line value. If you take the three, even at minus minus one ten. you're getting threes at even plus 100 all over the board. Oh. I, saw, I saw minus two and a half. I think this would be a smart numbers grab for you to grab. But looking at the metrics, the both teams are somewhat weak against the run. The Bills allow 4.7 rushing yards per attempt. Chiefs at 4.5. Chiefs uh, run the ball better, though. 4.5 rushing yards to Bills 4.1. So that's a nice advantage for the Chiefs. that They, they should be able to run it against the Bills. But... The Bills must have listened to me last week when I said to stack the box and stop Lamar Jackson. Oh, I like I like to think that I was that smart and uh, and 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 coaches would listen to my podcast, but no, uh, they 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 know more than me. But at the same time, they did what's right, right? I mean, the Bills oh, yeah. stopped Lamar. They contained him. They made him use his arm. You saw saw some of those throws were bad. Could not believe how few points they held him to, but. Um, if they try to do that against the Chiefs, they are going to get freaking torched. You know, you cannot cheat up against the Chiefs. You know, I, yeah, sorry. You know, the best thing you can do is just try to go score to score with this team, which you actually kind of failed to that first matchup. But, you know, both defenses are about equal 233 ish yards per game. They give up Buffalo slight advantage, 6.4 passing yards per attempt to Kansas City, 6.7. Uh, Bill's pressure rate's only 21%. The Chiefs are at 24%. So um, I, I think that's a little bit to look at. I, I don't I don't think that Josh Allen cares that much. I think he's going to take off and run the ball if he gets pressured. So I'm not I'm not looking at the getting to the quarterback as much as I am the previous game that we talked about with Green Bay versus Tampa. But um, one thing that Mahomes has is somehow Kelsey and Mahomes are in each other's minds. It's almost like Kelsey knows when he's kind of extending the play with his feet a little bit. It looks like he's going to run. Kelsey does that little hook, and he just the ball comes to him at that point. It's magic, man. I don't know how the hell to stop that thing, Andy. Andy. No, and as far as like the Ilair thing, as much as running backs don't matter, it is a different style back. And I mean, last week the news was he should be back for the it's a if the chiefs advance it looks like he should be available i think it you know obviously it doesn't hurt the offense i'm not sure how much it actually makes a difference but the, the way he plays and how he can play into the passing game as well it's just one more extra piece for buffalo to have to defend and yeah i have the defenses fairly similar too which is to say not great so i'm i'm Again, I, I would lean to this over. I have the number higher, but with the exposure I have, I'm I'm not super excited about adding to it. And maybe, yeah, a, a correlated parlay, I think that could be in the cards. You could play them both ways. All right, man. Well, I know we're almost out of time. I, I, I actually like the over myself, and I do have the Chiefs um, via power ratings. Uh, 2.5 points better on neutral. So I think this should be at least five-ish, you know, this number. So I'm kind of with you on that. 
So we're on the same side there. I like the over because you're a lot of the times these teams are running the ball um, and not, uh, you know, they could be scoring more in the fourth quarter. I think people are missing out on some of those yards, and I think these, this is going to be a shootout. What I do want to ask you before we go, the Chiefs, uh, a couple prop bets, right? Um, I'm wondering if the Chiefs, uh, whoever is going to be running the ball over his rushing yards is one just because it happened last time, or, or maybe we should fade that. Uh, I'm curious to see your take on that. And then my other one was Josh Allen over his rushing yards because last time he did have eight rushes for 42 yards against the Chiefs on October 18th. Yeah, and obviously number dependent. It'll be <clears throat> what they put out on Nilaire. And if he's back, then you might get some you might get numbers on both running backs, which will be something definitely to dig into. And your biggest bit of advice for prop betting is have a lot of outs and shop around. You'll see you'll see prices 10 yards difference from one book to another. So don't just grab the first number you see if you like it because you might find something quite a bit better. And then the Josh Allen stuff I'd agree with. That's a that's such a dangerous part of his game. He's healthy. He's looking good right now. And, I mean, you'll definitely see some designed runs. That's, that's something that we've seen, whether it's Lamar or him or even Daniel Jones. Like these designed runs that teams have been using – they're not scared to put a running back or putting quarterback and let him run the ball a little anymore. Those have been great. So I definitely see I see him getting a few of those and then a few scrambles. So even if he only get you know five six carries, there's a decent chance he hits that. All right, man. Well, great stuff. I'm going to toss I, for now. I'm going to toss the running back prop. I'm going to stick with the Josh Allen over his rushing yards prop. And uh, Andy likes the chief side. I like the over 53 spells correlated parlay to you listeners out there. So uh, I mean, yeah. I don't give out parlays, but it, you, you, I mean, it sounds pretty logical to me at least on this one. So Andy, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Love your knowledge and everything. You break things down so nicely where can our listeners find some of your great information yeah uh, the deep dive pod at deep dive pod um otherwise i mean man it's it's on a podcast anywhere you find your podcasts it's like they all say you know stitcher itunes all the all they list all of them other people are better at that than me but anywhere you get your podcasts and if you have some podcast app and you can't find it hit us up people have done that in the past and we've made sure we're everywhere otherwise i'm at andy msfw on twitter uh at brown bag bats that's my daily noontime show i do short hits 20 minutes you know just giving out a few plays and talking for uh through some things for the day with my uh co-host alex that's also in podcast form every afternoon again anywhere you find podcasts and yeah or on the betsperts app i'm just andy which is super easy it's when you're an early adopter you get an og name like that <laughs> all right guys make sure you check andy out he'll give you some great information and some more deep dives into your nfl wagering pleasure all right my friends we usually like to cover sharp money but the only thing sharp was whatever stomped the Packers and Bucks total down from 51 and a half down to 50 and a half 29 percent of the tickets are on the under 59 percent of the money the rest is pretty much even in this NFL conference championship week so thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you have any questions please feel free to tweet us at the odds breakers if you'd like to break down a game tweet us at the odds breakers a huge thanks to andy molitor for coming on on the deep dive podcast everyone have a fantastic rest of your week and go get some winners